Innalhamdalillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ufiru Wa na'udhu billahi min syururi anfusina wa sayyiati a'malina Man yahdihillahu falamudillalah Wa man yudlil falahadiyalah Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharikalah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Amma ba'd so today we were on the section about the supplications that can be said at the beginning of the prayer. The supplications that can be said at the beginning of the prayer, the opening of the prayer. لَقَدْ ثَبَتَ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنْوَاعٌ مِنَ الْأَذْكَارِ وَالْأَدْعِيَةِ يُسْتَفْتِحُ بِهَا يَسْتَفْتِحُ بِهَا الْمُسْلِمُ صَلَاتَهُ فَرَضَهَا وَنَفْلَهَا فَرَضَهَا وَنَفْلَهَا There are different du'as that have been established and proven from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that a person can say at the beginning of the prayer whether it's the obligatory prayer or the supererogatory prayer walam yakun an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wasallam yudawim ala istiftah wahid and the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not used to stick to just one opening dua for every prayer. He did not used to stick to just one dua for the opening of the prayer every single time. بَلْ كَانَ يَسْتَفْتِحُ بِأَنْوَاعٍ مِنَ الْإِسْتِفْتَاحَاتِ Rather, he used to open up the prayer with different openings, with different supplications. وَهِيَ فِي الْجُمْلَةِ مُشْتَمِلَةً عَلَى تَعْظِيمِ اللَّهِ وَتَمْجِيدِهِ وَحُسْنِ الثَّنَاءِ عَلَيْهِ And all of those opening supplications, they have within them the greatness and the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking Allah for forgiveness from sins وَلَا يَلْزَمْ الْمُسْلِمَ نَوْعٌ مُعَيَّنٌ مِنْ هَذِهِ الْأَنْوَاعِ بَلْ بِأَيٍّ مِنْهَا أَخَذَ لَا حَرَجَ عَلَيْهِ and you don't have to do only one supplication. You're allowed to do whichever ones, whichever ones you pick, it is allowed. وَالْأَوْلَى أَنْ يَفْعَلَ بَعْضَهَا تَارَةً وَبَعْضَهَا تَارَةً And the best thing is that you do some of the supplications sometimes, and you do different ones at other times you're not supposed to do more than one in any prayer so in any prayer at the beginning you can pick one of these and do it next prayer pick another one and do it prayer after that pick another one and do it 
But you're not supposed to do more than one in the same prayer. وَمِنْ هَذِهِ الْاسْتِفْتَاحَاتِ So from amongst these opening supplications, one of them is what is mentioned in Al-Bukhari and Muslim, Hadith of Abu Hurairah, رضي الله عنه قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا استفتح الصلاة سكت هنية قبل أن يقرأ أبو هريرة says that when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to start the prayer he would be silent for a moment before he started reading. فَقَالَ أَبُو هُرَيْرَ So then Abu Huraira asked the Prophet وسلم, what that pause was all about. He asked the Prophet وسلم, what the pause was after saying Allahu Akbar. <coughs> And then starting Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Before starting Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, there was always a pause. So Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. There's that pause. So Abu Huraira asked the Prophet what's that pause? What do you say in it? So the Prophet told him, I say, Allahumma ba'id bayni wa bayna khatayaya kama ba'adta bayna al-mashriqi wal-maghrib Allahumma naqini min khatayaya kama yunaqqa thawb al-abyad min al-danas Allahumma ghsilni مِنْ خَطَايَايَا بِالثَّلْجِ وَالْمَاءِ وَالْبَرْقِ الثَّلْجِ وَالْمَاءِ وَالْبَرْقِ So the Prophet ﷺ mentioned this dua. This is one of the duas that you can read at the beginning of the prayer. اللهم باعد بيني وبين خطايايا كما باعدت بين المشرق والمغرب أو الله Separate between me and my sins just as you have separated, distanced between the East and the West. Allahumma naqtini min khatayaya kama yunaqqa thawbu al-abyadu min al-danas. Oh Allah, purify me from my sins just as a white Thawb is purified from its dirt. Allahumma ilsilni min khatayaya bilma'i wa thalji wal barat. Oh Allah, wash me of my sins with snow and ice and water. Wash away my sins with snow and ice and water. That is one of the opening supplications that can be said at the beginning. وَفِي هَذَا الْإِسْتِفْتَاحِ And in this opening supplication, 
سؤال لله تبارك وتعالى there is the questioning of Allah you're asking Allah أن يباعد بين العبد وبين خطاياه وهي الذنوب كما باعد بين المشرق والمغرب you're asking Allah to separate to make a distance between you and your sins and so that is basically asking Allah to wipe away your sins to pardon you for your sins to forgive you for your sins and to give you the success to be guided away from doing sins that your sins are made to go far away from you just like the west and the east are far away from each other وَأَنْ يُنَقِّيَهُ مِنْ خَطَايَاهُ and that you are purified from your sins أَيْ يُنَظِّفُهُ مِنْهُمَا كَمَا يُنَظَّفُ الثَّوْبُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الدَّنَسِ that you are washed of your sins just like a white thobe is washed and all of that dirt comes out and it becomes pure white again. So you want to be pure and all of that dirt, meaning the sins, are washed away from you. And that's why you say at the end, Oh Allah, wash me with ice and water and snow. Why are those cold things mentioned? Normally when you wash yourself, it's with warm water. Why are you asking Allah to wash you and cleanse you with coldness? Will you down from what? Will you down from anger? Will you down from sins? Because the sins they lead to the hellfire. Correct? Sinning leads to the hellfire. Hellfire is obviously heat. So you're asking Allah to purify you away from those sins that lead to the heat of the hellfire with the opposite, coldness, snow and ice and water to neutralize those sins which are in heat and towards the hellfire leading you. So that is one. Second dua that can be read at the beginning of the prayer. What I mean is... <clears throat> ومن استفتاحاته صلى الله عليه وسلم and from the du'as that the Prophet used to make at the beginning of the prayer narrated by Aisha and Abu Sa'id رضي الله عنهما and others أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان إذا افتتح الصلاة قال that when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to open up the prayer he used to say سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك وتبارك اسمك وتعالى جدك ولا إله غيرك 
This is mentioned in Sunan Abi Dawood. It is also in Sahih Muslim with a different change. Subhanaka Allahumma wa bihamdika wa tabarak asmuka wa ta'ala jadduka wa la ilaha ghayruk. This is one of the opening supplications that is full of the praise for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sincerity of praise for Allah. So when you say subhanaka, that may you be far removed from any deficiency. There are no deficiencies. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahumma wa bihamdika. Your praise. The praise of Allah. Wa tabaraka smuka. And that your name is the most blessed. Wa ta'ala jadduka. That you are the most high. And the greatest and the highest of everyone. Ta'ala jadduka, your might and power and majesty over all others. Wala ilaha ghayruka, and there is no other deity worthy of worship in truth except you. So that is mentioned as an opening supplication, and that one has all of the categories of Tawheed mentioned within it. It has all of the categories of Tawheed mentioned in that supplication. وَمِنَ istiftahat, And now the third one. Another opening supplication that you could do at the beginning of the prayer. مِنَ istiftahat. الثابتة ما رواه مسلم في صحيحه عن عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنهما قال بينما نحن نصلي مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذ قال رجل من القوم الله أكبر كبيرا والحمد لله كثيرا وسبحان الله بكرة وأصيلا فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من القائل كلمة كذا وكذا قال رجل من القوم أنا يا رسول الله قال عجبت لها فتحت لها فتحت لها أبواب السماء so another one of the opening supplications mentions in this hadith in Sahih Muslim, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu that on one occasion we were praying with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and a man from the people began to say Allahu akbar kabiran walhamdulillahi kathiran wa subhanallahi bukratan wa asila so then the Messenger وسلم, said, Who was the one saying these words? Who said them? So then that man said, It was me, O Messenger of Allah. So then the Prophet وسلم, said, I am amazed at these words. The doors of the heavens are opened 
for these words, with these words. That they are amazing words and an amazing supplication. Because all of that, again, you can see is the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abdullah ibn Umar said, after this incident, I never stopped saying it. I would always regularly say that after I heard this from the Prophet <laughs> so all of these words here, Allahu Akbaru Kabiran. Allah is the greatest. Allahu Akbaru Kabiran. Walhamdulillahi Kathiran. And all of the vast praises for Allah. Subhanallahi Bukratan Asila. And that Allah is the most mighty and majestic, free of any deficiency all of the time. All of this is the great praise of Allah. So that is an opening supplication that can be done also. The fourth one, a fourth option as an opening supplication that can be done. It is mentioned in Sahih Muslim Hadith of Ali radiyallahu anhu from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam أنه كان إذا قام إلى الصلاة قال He mentions in this hadith Ali ibn Abi Talib رضي الله عنه mentions in this hadith that when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to stand to pray and he would stand to pray he would say this dua now وَجَّهْتُ وَجْهِيَ لِلَّذِي فَطَرَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ حَنِيفًا وَمَا أَنَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَبِذَلِكَ أُمِرْتُ وَأَنَا أَوَّلُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَأَنَا مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ اللهم أنت الملك لا إله إلا أنت أنت ربي وأنا عبدك ظلمت نفسي واعترفت بذنبي فاغفر لي ذنوبي جميعا إنه لا يغفر الذنوب إلا أنت واهدني لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عني سيئها لا يصرف عني سيئها إلا أنت لبيك وسعديك والخير كله في يديك والشر ليس إليك أنا بك وإليك تباركت وتعاليت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك That is one of the opening supplications that can also be done In this one you notice it says وجهت وجهي للذي فطر السماوات والأرض حنيفا that I turn my face towards the one who created the heavens and the earth. I turn my face towards him in Tawheed. And I am not from the Mushrikeen. Indeed, my prayer and my slaughtering and my living and my dying are all for Allah, the Lord of all of creation. Without any partners, that is what I've been commanded with and I am from the Muslims. Oh Allah, you are the king and there is none other. 
no other deity beside you in truth. You are my Lord and I am your slave. I have wronged myself and I accept my sins, so forgive me all of my sins. Nobody forgives the sins except you. And guide me to the best of manners. Nobody guides to the best of them except you. And take me away from the bad manners. Nobody can take me away from them except you. I am here in your presence, in your obedience. All of the goodness is with you, and the evil is not to you. I am for you and to you, meaning your servant and in obedience and worship for you. You are the, the blessed, the most blessed and the most high. I seek forgiveness from you and I repent to you. Here again you can see a slightly longer dua whereby you start off by declaring your tawheed that you are upon the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone that you are upon tawheed and then you emphasize that further that my prayer and my slaughtering my worship my living my dying all of them are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and then you continue that that you recognize your sins you recognize your shortcomings and that you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you for those sins and for those shortcomings. And then you're asking Allah to guide you to the good mannerisms. Nobody can guide you except Allah. And to keep you away from the evil mannerisms and nobody can keep you away except Allah. And then you're seeking forgiveness again at the end and declaring that you are from the servants of Allah in obedience and worship to Him. You can see the meanings of Tawheed in this opening supplication. So that was the fourth, fourth one, the fourth possibility as the opening supplication. Those four examples that are given there, all of them are authentic. And so you can do any of them. But like we said, you're not supposed to do more than one in one prayer. Pick one for the prayer you're praying, and the next prayer you can pick a different one. And the prayer after that you can pick a different one. Don't do more than one in the same prayer. Don't do one of the opening supplications, then do another one, or do all four of them, then alhamdulillah. Only pick one and do it, then a'udhu billah and carry on. Next prayer, you can pick a different one. Prayer after that, you can pick a different one. Just one per prayer. That is what Shaykh al-Ithaymeen, rahimahullah ta'ala, mentions. So, these options are there. You can pick whichever option in whichever given prayer, supererogatory or obligatory. Absolutely. If you are the Imam, then one of your responsibilities is to take into consideration the jama'ah, the congregation, the people who are praying behind you. You have to take them into consideration. 
So for example, if you were to do one of these long opening supplications, imagine like in Zuhr or Isha or Fajr, if you were to do one of these long opening supplications, people might even start saying, Subhanallah, he's forgotten to recite Fatiha, he's doing it quiet prayer. People might even do that. You do have to take into consideration the jama'ah. Maybe in those ones you can do the small one. In the quiet prayers, Zuhar, Asr, when you're leading, no problem. Do the long one. Nobody's ever going to know when you're on the Fatiha, when you're not. You can do the long one there. Maybe in the loud prayers, because it might make people think that you're quiet for so long, you're reading the long dua. They may think you've forgotten, you're just reading Fatiha quietly, you've forgotten it's a loud prayer. So it would be maybe wise to take into consideration the jama'ah behind you when it's going to cause a problem to people. Pick the smaller ones. And when you have time and it's a quiet prayer, for example, it's not going to cause any confusion, you can pick the longer ones. Even then, if it's going to make the prayer too long, pick the shorter ones. Because the longer ones you can pick when you're praying by yourself. These can be done in the optional prayers, nafal prayers, obligatory prayers, anytime. So you take the jama'ah into consideration when you're leading them. When you're by yourself, you can do what you want. Pick the long ones, whatever you want. The long version here which is mentioned in the hadith of Sahih Muslim, the version mentioned from Sahih Muslim, it is وَجَّهْتُ وَجْهِيَ لِلَّذِي فَطَرَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ حَنِيفًا وَمَا أَنَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَبِذَلِكَ أُمِرْتُ وَأَنَا مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ اللهم أنت الملك لا إله إلا أنت أنت ربي وأنا عبدك ظلمت نفسي واعترفت بذنبي فاغفر لي ذنوبي جميعا إنه لا يغفر الذنوب إلا أنت واهدني لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عني سيئها لا يصرف عني سيئها إلا أنت لبيك وسعديك والخير كله في يديك والشر ليس إليك أنا بك وإليك تباركت وتعاليت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك so Those are four options mentioned in the opening of the prayer Then the next chapter which carries on on the same topic yet openings of the prayers we already mentioned from those four which one did the Prophet used to do that's the one the Prophet used to start with which one did the Prophet used to start with Which 
one from those four. First one, بَعِدْ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ خَطَايَايَا رَبَى سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَبِحَمْدِكَ Said before, beginning of the lesson, Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not used to stick to any one of them. He used to do them all. Some prayer, he would pick one of them. In another prayer, pick another one. Another prayer, pick another one. He would do them all. He would not stick to just one and do that. That's why you're supposed to do them all in different prayers. He said, don't do more than one in a prayer. Pick just one out of those four and do it. Next prayer, pick another one and do it. Next prayer, pick another one and do it. That's what the Prophet used to do. He never used to stick to just one. Most people these days, they only memorize maybe one or two. So whatever you memorize, you do. But if you know more, then you should alternate between them. That's what the Prophet used to do. Then, This next chapter which is connected, it is actually just categorizing those four into their different types, which we've already mentioned as we went along. They were about the praise of Allah, they were about you seeking forgiveness for your sins, they were about tawheed, these are the different types of meanings that you have in those opening supplications. Then we move on to the du'as, the supplications that can be done in the ruku' and in the sujood. In the ruku' and in the sujood and when you are sitting between the two prostrations, three places, in the in the sujood and in the when you're sitting between the two prostrations and there are many which are mentioned about these places the first one we'll start with is narrated by anhu in the hadith of Sahih Muslim Narrated by Hudayfa radiyallahu anhu in the hadith of Sahih Muslim. He says, Hudayfa, Hudayfa says, radiyallahu anhu, Sallaytu ma'an nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam data laylatin fattaha al-baqa. He says, one night I was praying behind the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the night prayer. And the Prophet sallallahu started off with Surah Al-Baqarah, meaning after Fatiha, everything, he started reciting Surah Al-Baqarah. فَقُلْتُ يَرْكَعُ بَعْدَ أَوْ عِنْدَ الْمِئَةِ So the Prophet sallallahu was praying and he started with Surah Al-Baqarah, Alif, Lam, Mim, Thalik, Al-Kitab. Carried on reading and reading and reading. Hudayfa was praying alongside the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet was carrying on reading and reading in Baqarah. 
Hudayfa, he says, I thought maybe the Prophet ﷺ is going to carry on up to 100 ayahs and then do the prostration, or the ruku'ah. That maybe he'll stop at 100 and then do the ruku'ah. But what happened? Thumma Prophet ﷺ got to 100 ayat, carried on reciting, still in the same raka'ah, same standing. Carried on, carried on. فَقُلْتُ يُصَلِّ بِهَا فِي رَكَعَةٍ Hudayfa said, maybe I thought, I was thinking, okay, maybe the Prophet ﷺ just going to finish all of Surah Al-Baqarah, then go into Rukuah. Maybe he's just going to finish all of Surah Al-Baqarah, and then go into Rukuah. But, finished Surah Al-Baqarah, carried on. ثُمَّ افْتَتَحَ النِّسَاءِ Carried on and started Surah An-Nisaa. Started doing all of that. Finished it. After that, started Surah Al-Imran. Carried on. Did it. يَقْرَأُ مُتَرَسِّلًا He was reciting the Quran with the the way that you recite the Quran with that recitation. إِذَا مَرَّ بِآيَةٍ فِيهَا تَسْبِيحٍ سَبَّحْ If he ever came across an ayah where there is the tasbih of Allah to say subhanallah, then he would say it. وَإِذَا مَرَّ بِسُؤَالٍ سَأَلَهِ and if he came across an ayah where you were asking for something from Allah, then he would ask. وَإِذَا مَرَّ بِتَعَوُّذٍ تَعَوَّذَ And if he came across an ayah where it was seeking refuge in Allah, then he would seek refuge in Allah. So he did. الْبَقَرَ nisa Ali Imran. All of that. Then he went into the Ruh. Then he went into the Rukwa. Imagine how much that is. How many Jews is that? Surah Al-Baqarah by itself is how many? More than two Jews, just that by itself. Then add Surah Al-Imran, add Surah An-Nisa. All of that in one Raka'ah. So then he did go into Rukwa after that. And he began to say, Hudayfa says, he then began to say, Subhana Rabbiya Al-Azim. Fakana ruku'uhu nahwan min qiyamihi. And how long he was in ruku'ah? Was similar to how long he had been standing up. How long he was in ruku'ah? was similar to how long he had been standing up. ثُمَّ قَالْ Then he said, سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَهُ ثُمَّ قَامْ And then as you say, سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَهُ You stand up straight. وَقَامَ طَوِيلًا قَرِيبًا مِمَّا رَكَعُ Stood there, the same kind of length as he had spent in 
which was the same kind of length he had spent in standing. Then he went into the prostration and said, Subhana Rabbi al-A'la. And he said, Subhana Rabbi al-A'la. And his prostration was just as long as thereabouts, how long he had initially been standing up recycling. So imagine how long one raka'ah was. That was the night prayer of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa That's why in one narration it mentions Aisha radiyallahu anha she said to the Prophet sallallahu how come you pray so long? Even your feet become swollen up from standing in the prayer so long. They become blistered from praying so long. And so the Prophet said, Should I not be a grateful servant to Allah? Should I not be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And so he would pray in that way. What do we learn here though for the chapter that we were studying? That in the ruku' you have this supplication, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. And for the prostration, you have the supplication, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. Those are the two mentioned. There are some narrations too. Uh, it mentions in one of those narrations that when the ayah was revealed, فَسَبِّحْ بِاسْمِ رَبِّكَ الْعَظِيمِ فَسَبِّحْ بِاسْمِ رَبِّكَ الْعَظِيمِ When that was revealed, the Prophet wasallam said, اِجْعَلُوهَا فِي رُكُوعِكَ Make that in your ruku'ah, meaning سَبِّحِ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ الْعَظِيمِ So you say, سُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ الْعَظِيمِ Do that in your ruku'ah. And when a person says, سُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ الْأَعْلَى Then that is the perfect dua to recite in the prostration. Because Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la means that my Lord is free of any deficiencies, the most high. Whereas when you are in prostration, you are the most low. You as the servant of Allah, take yourself down to the lowest place on the ground. But you make the dua that your Lord is the most high. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. Even though you are right down at the lowest place, your Lord is the most high. So those are the two that have been mentioned. For the ruku' and for the sujood, 
there are others which are mentioned also. One of them, Aisha radiallahu anha mentioned in Al-Bukhari and Muslim, that the Prophet ﷺ used to say in his ruku' and in his sujood a lot, Subhanaka Allahumma Rabbana wa bihamdika Allahumma ghfirli. That he used to say this a lot in the ruku' and in the sujood, Subhanaka Allahumma Rabbana wa bihamdika Allahumma ghfirli. Similarly, it is mentioned in Sahih Muslim from Aisha radiallahu anha that he used to say in the ruku' and the sujood, Subbuhun quddusun rabbul malaikati warruh. Subbuhun quddusun rabbul malaikati warruh. This is also again affirming the rububiyyah. Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subbuhun and Quddusun. They are two of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another version it is mentioned. Umtu ma'a Rasulillahi sallam laylatan. Faqama faqara surat al-baqarah. لا يمر بآية رحمة إلا وقف فسأل ولا يمر بآية عذاب إلا وقف فتعوذ قال ثم ركع بقدر قيامه يقول في ركوعه سبحان ذي الجبروت والملكوت والكبرياء والعظمة Subhana dhil jabaruti wal malakuti wal kibriyai wal azama Meaning the, the kingdom and the greatness and the, the, might, the, the might and the power and the majesty and the control is all for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Thumma qala fi sujoodihi mitla thalik And he would say in his prostration the same as that That is the same thing he would also say in his prostration Another dua, this is now the fifth or sixth one mentioned as well, that he would say in the ruku' Allahumma laka raka'atu wa bika amantu wa laka aslamtu khasha'a laka sam'i wa basari wa mukhti wa azmi wa asabi. Farao Allah, for you I bow, and in you I believe and have iman. For you I have accepted Islam. My hearing and my seeing are submissive to you and my mind and my bones and veins, everything in me submissive, submission to you, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are five or six examples of the different types of supplications. That would be said by the Prophet ﷺ during the ruku' and during the sujood, the prostration. The next section is about the du'as that are said in the rest of the prayer.
and then some more du'as that are linked to the prayer. But any questions up to there so far? Yeah, some of these, they can also be done in that place too. These are all general for all three places. Some of these, they are mentioned that he would do them. The famous, well, not the famous, the one that you have to do as a wajib of the prayer is that is the wajib of the prayer. Then some of these other du'as, in some of the narrations, they may mention the jalsa also. But for the jalsa, what is sufficient as the obligation of the prayer is to say, That we covered in the description of the prayer before. Now these ones, uh, general supplications which you can do extra together. These are general supplications that some of them they can be done with others too. But in the opening one, that was only one that was selected. These are general supplications can be done in your prayer. We're going to see those in the next section as well. Minimum for Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim and Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, minimum is what? One? Three? The minimum is one. It's better to do three. You can do more than that. Five, seven, nine. If you're the Imam, then typically you should not go over. Full surah, as long as you do a full surah, and you can do another full surah. And it doesn't have to be in the order of the Muslim. You do a full surah. So, like Al-Baqarah, and then the Prophet went to Nisa, complete. Then he went to Ali Imran, complete. Some of the scholars say what you shouldn't do. Some scholars, they have an opinion. They say the Imam should not select sections of one surah and then sections of another surah, especially in the last parts with the small chapters. Some scholars have this opinion. So sometimes you often see the Imams, they might recite like, Inna lil Afaza, and finish that section. Second raka'ah. Go to some other part, some other surah, some other maybe last section of it. They don't last section, last section different surah. Some scholars say you shouldn't do that. Some scholars have the opinion you shouldn't mix up like that. Stick to one surah, do it all then. Do at least half in the first rakah, do the other half in the second rakah. Get one small section at the end of this chapter, then one other small section. Some scholars say you shouldn't do that. Others they say it can be done as long as each section independently makes sense by itself. Each section independently makes sense, then you can do it. So you can't just randomly start in the middle of a surah where it doesn't, where the previous ayahs are supposed to be connected to make it make sense. You can't randomly just start in the middle somewhere and randomly start somewhere else in another one. You have to start at sections where the meanings make sense. Uh, but 
as long as that is done, then it's not a major issue. Full surah, no problem. When you do a full surah, then you can do another full surah, whichever order. something the scholars mentioned, that it was not something recommended to break up surahs, do a section and a section. Obviously the big surahs, you're going to do it, but you have to pick the meanings. Do a part, start somewhere and finish somewhere where it properly makes sense. Not just randomly in the middle of a story in one of the surahs, halfway and just drop it there and do a ruku and that's it. You have to do it somehow it makes sense. So the imam needs to understand what's going on. These ayat mean give a proper meaning of where he's selecting that Qur'an, not just randomly anywhere, where it doesn't make sense and the ayahs are in the middle of the story and you finish. So you have to make it make sense of it. These are all opinions mentioned by the scholars. Some of them don't like separating and breaking up surahs at all. They say this is not recommended, it is not, it's makruh, they say some of them. These are different opinions about it. The opinions mentioned. Somebody comes and joins the prayer and the Imam is already in Ruku'ah. Takbir you have to do, obviously. So, Imagine now the jama'ah is going on as you walk in. You're a bit late. You're late and the prayer is already started. As you walk in, they are in ruku'ah. You see them all bowing in ruku'ah. So now you come and join the line. Obviously you have to do takbiratul ihram, Allahu Akbar, obviously to start the prayer. Then what some people do is say Allahu Akbar again to go into but other people, they may just, when they join the line, Allahu Akbar, straight into the ruku'ah, just one Allahu Akbar, opening one. Haven't done another Allahu Akbar to go into ruku'ah. Which one is correct? Evidently. Read it in a book. Whose book? Famous Sheikh. He's read, he's read it from the book of a famous sheikh. What's the name of the famous sheikh? That is what Sheikh Bin Baz said. Sheikh Bin Baz, he said, if you come into the mosque and the ruku is going on, and you think you're fearful that they might be on the verge of coming up, the imam might be on the verge of saying, Allah, if you fearful, because if the Imam says, Sami Allahu liman hamida, that's it, you've missed that rakah. But if you catch it before he says, Sami Allahu liman, then you've caught it, according to the opinion. So now, if you walk in and you're fearful, you think, okay, you know, all the way you walked in, you didn't even hear that Allahu Akbar to go into ruku'ah. So you think they must have been in ruku'ah for a while. And you're thinking any moment now, they might say, Sami Allah and come up. In that case, you can do takbiratul ihram, Allahu Akbar, and just go straight to ruku'ah. But if you walk in, just as you walk in, the imam says, Allahu Akbar, and they go into ruku'ah, so you know they've just gone into ruku'ah now. So you can line up, Allahu Akbar, takbiratul ihram, Allahu Akbar, and then into ruku'ah. Because now you're safe. 
When you feel you might lose out on the raka'ah, you think any moment he might say something, Allah, then just do one takbir and go straight in. You can't do that. Sheikh Imla said that. Oh, nothing, obviously. In that case, you can't do any dua because in the rukuah, you can't start doing the optional dua. In that case, the scholars even say the fatiha is excused, let alone the optional dua. Because if you stand and do the fatiha, by that time the imam will say something, Allah, Allah, Hamida. You're going to miss the raka'ah. So what's the point of your fatiha then? You're going to miss the raka'ah. So then the scholars, they excuse that. You go straight into the ruku'ah. No, for the student, no, you're right. This is for the ruku'ah because of catching the raka'ah. In the prostration, you're not going to catch anything anyway. The raka'ah is gone. So then takbirat al-haram and then the, uh, the takbirat to go into the prostration. This is for the ruku'ah to catch the raka'ah. Huh? That's not suitable at all. If you come into the mosque and they are in ruku'ah, you should join straight away. No, no, I mean, if it's uh, going to be a, a problem you're going to cause to people, for example, in that situation you've mentioned, you're going to come in and your jacket is soaking wet. So you're going to cause a problem to the guy you're going to stand next to, you're even going to make the floor wet with that jacket. Okay, take it off. That's a, a problem now. But otherwise, generally, you know, generally you come in, you got your coat on, it's warm in the mosque, you want to take it off first. The ruku'ah is there, join. You don't want to miss the raka'ah. You should join straight away. There's a hadith about Abu Bakr, not Abu Bakr Siddiq, another companion called Abu Bakr. Came into the mosque once. And the proper way that the mosque should be is obviously the main door is always at the back. Obviously these days the way the buildings are, they're not designed as mosques and everything, doors are in different places. The proper mosque, the door is always at back. So that the rows, they line up, line up. When you come in, you're always going to join from the back. You don't have to come from the front and go through and things like that. So Abu Bakr came into the mosque and he saw that they were all in ruku already. He came in from the main door back there. Here the jama'ah is going on in ruku'ah. From the main door, he said, Allahu Akbar, went into the ruku'ah from there. And then walked up to the row and joined them. And that's permissible. Prophet allowed him to do it. But he told him not to run. He had actually run to the mosque and still got late. They had already got to the ruku'ah. So the Prophet told him, as most of the scholars explain, don't run to the mosque. But he never told him off for going into the ruku'ah. So that shows the importance of trying to catch the raka'ah. He went into the ruku'ah. He knew if he walked all the way to the front, they'd be saying, Sami Allah. So from there, straight away got into the ruku and came and joined the row. So you have to try to strive for that, not relax and miss that raka. Mm. No, this is an opinion, it's okay. There are some scholars who have this opinion that even if you catch in the ruku, you haven't caught that raka. You have to catch the fatiha. That's an opinion, it's a legitimate opinion. So that's okay. If they have that opinion, that, that's okay. That's a legitimate opinion. This till next, right now. Leave these questions now till next time. There are some in this paper. I'll keep the paper. We'll do them next week, inshallah. Ta'ala.